This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Be Sutted Pride of West London podcast. And we are back in West London once again at the Distillers in Hammersmith. It's, uh, we're kind of a bit in Rangers territory, a bit in Fulham territory, uh, but you know we're in Neil Point territory. We're, we're Brentford fans. We, 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 we come here very, very happy today. Uh, almost cancelled tonight. I was, um, be honest with you, a bit of bees overload going on. Uh, Monday night, I did, I did the video for Sunday. Month, Tuesday was the, uh, the uh, radio show. Last night was Aston Villa. Tonight, I thought, oh, there's going to be nothing to talk about. That isn't true. There's absolutely loads to talk about. It's been a really eventful 24 hours. And I've got a really nice crew of people here to, to talk through with me. Um, Jem. Jem, the magnificent Jem. Welcome back. Hello, darling. You're right. I'm all right. How's your nerves from last night? I'm 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 all right. I'm all right. It was. I had to have a little bit of a lie down, and then yeah, it was all right. It could have been worse. You might remember a couple of weeks ago we had Robin Hood on with Edward the Headwood. Robin is back tonight. Um, welcome back, mate. Good to be back, Bill. Uh, Bill, Dave, whoever you are, whoever you are. <laughs> Oh, I'm drinking lime and soda as well. I've not even had a pint. Um, yeah, really good to be back. Thanks, Lainey. Um, always a pleasure. Never a chore. Well, it doesn't bode well for getting names right tonight, but there you go. We'll, we'll see what happens. And Kate, you're always welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to see you. Nice to be in a hut. Nice to see you. To see you. Nice. Yes. Um, I'll make an admission here that only one of us was at the game last night and that, that person was me but that doesn't make me smug or pious, that just makes me probably, I saw less of the game than the, the other three um, I spent most of the game, if I'm honest with you with my hands in front of my eyes thinking, oh my god they're going to score, they're going to score uh, whether, whether well actually I, I, I will, I'll, I'll explain this a little bit better I think that it was the atmosphere, the, the fact that there was like a lot of people there and the fact that Aston Villa are very, very noisy fans when they get going and the fact we were under the cosh. One thing led to another and that was like, oh my God, we are going to get a hammer in here. We, we've been under pressure a lot last season without that intense atmosphere and sometimes I think, you know, it, it's, it's all right, you know, we're, we're coping and we, and we did cope quite quite well but it was the fact that it was wave after wave after wave it was a perfectly good challenge made by Mepu it was never a foul and from that foul resulted Villa's second goal but you know we've come to Villa we've we've battled we've really fought hard um, on reflection now as the crowd moves away 2-2 is a fair result but by God Brentford really are a team that deserves to be at the top of the championship yeah, I'm gutted, but 
all in all, overall, we stole it there. We didn't deserve nothing from that game. We played badly, but we, we hung in there. We got the goals. Up the bees! Up until 70, I'd have taken a draw any time. And then somehow, Makojo coming on and Ben Rama really put Villa under the cosh. And based on the last 20, 25, we were very unlucky not to win. You honestly think that? We would, you know... Based on the last 25, up until 70, it was Villa all the way. Aston Villa were the better team by miles in the first half. We, that's, the, that's the worst performance we've put in all season. I think Bruce set them out to pressure us all over the pitch. And we couldn't get find our usual passing game. But I think because they went like that in the first half, they ran out of energy in the second half. And it allowed us to play our game a bit more. So when we got, to, when we got, when we got the second, I thought there was only one team that was going to get a third. But obviously they kept playing. And the referee kept giving them free kicks and giving them free kicks and giving them free kicks. That was, I mean, the first half, they completely outplayed us. Second half, first 20 minutes, they did the same again. I think we made the substitutions and we were a different side. We should have won it. We did, should have won it. Did, did you actually think that, you know, we were going to come out of there with a point at any no, stage? absolutely not. I thought the first half, I thought we could lose this 3 or 4-0. I really did. I mean, they were just overwhelming us. We had nothing. But, uh, no, second half, last 20 minutes, we were a different side. And we should have won it. You'd have always taken a point coming here. Yeah, it's it's a long season. Take a point at Villa. Um, gutted to concede so late. But did you, in your heart of hearts, did you think we won that? Yeah, of course I thought we'd won it. But against the run of play, to be fair, they they, they, they bossed us for most of the game. But they got knackered, and then suddenly they couldn't cope. Um, Half time, I think if it'd been a fight, they'd have stopped it. You know, they were that much on top in the first half. We were. Did really well to just be in the game and level. Second half after the changes, um, first like Pat said earlier, like first 15, 20 minutes they were still probably in the driving seat. But as the half went on, um, I could see us getting our second. And when we got it, I thought we were going to win it. So, um, you, I spoke to you before the game. I said I was confident. I, I fancied us to win tonight. Um, as I say, half time, <laughs> I was completely wrong. But. I, Whenever you concede a goal like that, it always feels like two points dropped, doesn't it? With 20 to go, we, 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 we suddenly were somewhat re-energised. If you only got to look at a game, we could have got we could have been 3-1 up, couldn't we? Still love that twang. <laughs> um, so, Dean Smith, I'm not going to hear a bad word said about him, to be honest with you, still. However... After, after Sunday's game, um, there was a little bit of a, a call in the pub afterwards for him to fine-tune the team for the Villa game. There was a couple of performances that I would say they kind of they looked a little bit not not lethargic. That would be that would be like a really lazy thing to say, but there was they weren't at their optimum. They weren't at their peak, and I don't think any of us are ever sort of asking for him to make wholesale tinkering changes week by week but if we're going to mount a, a serious promotion challenge he probably needs to monitor who's the ones that aren't quite on their A game and then swap them out because we've all said that there's two players for every position at the moment and some of the players that haven't quite got their chance yet um, are, are just they, they're knocking on the door you know Saeed Benrahma is the, the obvious one um, he's he in every game that we've seen him come on He's done something amazing, and then in the South End game, he scored a goal and he set a couple up, and you know he, he he's got he's got the he's got the fans singing about him already. He's really creating a buzz. So, Jem, were you expecting him to flip it up? And if you weren't, are you expecting him to flip it up for Blackburn now? I, to be honest, when it was unchanged, I weren't surprised at all, and I. I've got a bit of a conspiracy theory in my mind that until the situation with Woods is resolved, I wonder where he might just not change anything. So it don't—it's not obvious that he's not changing that particular thing. Um, but that's just because I've had too much time to think, probably. Um, so yeah, I weren't that surprised. But at the same time, what I was encouraged with in last night's game was he used all his subs by like 73 minutes, which is not like him at all. So at least he's now making subs, and I think subs that really made a difference um, during the game in a bit of a better way, whereas previously he's been a little bit, you could probably say a little bit kind of paint by numbers with it, with substitutions. I feel like he's almost growing into the, or knowing his squad better or whatever it is, 
and making a difference in the games at least. So I don't know, yeah, a little bit. Not being funny, Kate, but you know, we, we you might have used all his subs up in 73 minutes, but if he hadn't have, we were probably going to lose that game. You know, he, he, you know, he, he, he had to he had to do something, and like the, I'm not I'm not saying those substitutions were forced on him. He did it, and, and and they were inspired because they really did change the direction of the game. Yeah, definitely. I thought um, I thought it was brave of him to bring Makocho on at halftime. It was obvious something was going wrong, and he was like, "I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make the change straight away." And he, as we've already said, he doesn't do that a lot. It's not a thing he does, um, and it did change the game. Makocho just was pressing more. Was, he looked really energetic. He looked aggressive. He was putting more tackles in, and it absolutely gave us much more stability. And the same with Inaris when he came on. We haven't seen much of him so far this season, but he looked really good. He looked strong, um, and he had that amazing shot. Um, which would have been a peach if that had gone in. Um, and then Ben Rama just again comes on, looks powerful, looks hungry. So they were great subs and they were made at good times as well. And they changed the game and they propped us up. And if you know if those chances had gone in when we were two one up, that would be like magic subs. So Robin, you know, it, it, it could have been it could have been like master tactician if 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 we'd have, if we'd have pulled off that smash and grab last night, uh, it 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 would have been one of the most memorable wins in Brentford's recent history. So, what what does he do? What does he do on Saturday? Um, well, it's interesting. To say it would have been one of the most memorable wins. I think it would have been if we'd have won that. I think we would be talking more more and more even about our chances of promotion this season because automatic automatic yeah exactly because it's that's it's the, only of the uh, it's the only uh, it's so uh, that for me that's the the key thing is that if we were to win that were to win that game and it's the classic thing of the team that wins the league or gets promoted automatically is the team that can win when they're playing badly um, however i wouldn't really change much to be honest i think we've come up against um, in our first three games teams that are either uh, have come up and are poor or are on their way sort of down if that makes sense in the footballing ladder and aren't really performing up to their optimum um, and today uh, sorry today yesterday we played a team that were very very in, very in good form and played very very well and I don't see that happening against Blackburn so I wouldn't make too many wholesale changes maybe McLeod off for Makocho I think Makocho's earned his place in the, in the first team but apart from that I wouldn't change a thing no, no, I agree with you there, but this is see this is my this is my point. What, what, I'm, what I'm kind of trying to say is that if we are going to go for automatic and and not just be like plucky losers or plucky could have could have you know could have could have made it but didn't quite. It, he needs it's, it's a tricky it's a tricky thing to do. It's a tricky art. But you know, like when you keep a you know a boiling pan of water. Just just off, just off the boil, or just on the boil, rather. Sometimes you need to just change things around and move it around a bit. And that, I don't think anyone's asking us, asking him to kind of make three or four changes per per match and and be a real tinker man. I think sometimes you need if someone's someone's dipped below the the, the like the, the the required level, then you, he needs to be on his A game and swap them out. We need to be constantly constantly at that peak because you know Leeds United they seem to be you know early season favourites to go straight up this season um, you've obviously got um, Derby County or the other the, the darlings of the press um, you've got one or two others that are kind of favourites like Middlesbrough Swansea are, are still doing very well but we're just behind that and we, we need to we need to be just not not ruthless in terms of selection, but we can't make mistakes. And you know, it was obvious that Canos needed to be rested after Sunday. Yeah. It's funny. I was just about to mention Canos. Actually, um, I've seen a few people on Twitter and sort of consensus with a couple of other Brentford fans that they feel as though Canos um, should be dropped for Ben Rama. Now, I'm fully behind Ben Rama starting at some point. I think he's just got that some special something. Um, but what we've got to factor into this is that Canos is playing better than he did last season. The reason I think he's coming across as not playing as well as he could is because you've got Watkins and Malpe who've started the season in absolutely blistering form. So I don't think Canos is playing not as badly, but not as as well as um, as people think. I think I, I the only change I would make is bringing Macocho in for McLeod to add a bit more bite in midfield. But you know we haven't got the sort of the same. Uh, style or squad level or squad depth, should we say, as teams like Leeds United and um, Swansea and, uh, and Derby. So, yeah, that's, that's just my take on it. Anyway. 
It was interesting. At half-time yesterday, we were walking around the concourse and people were saying, this game um, has got Woodsy written all over it. Uh, it, it's someone, someone that needs to put his foot on the ball, do the meerkat thing of, you know, just look up and look, spot the pass, look, look busy, but, but, but kind of take, take the pressure off the rest of the team. It, it didn't happen. What, 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 can, what do you think is going to happen with him? It needs, it, it needs closure, actually, doesn't it? Oh, it needs closure, definitely. I, personally, I think he's off. I think, I think with the change in the team, I, think, I wonder whether that will start happening in a couple of games I think we're still this this team and this club is still learning how to do without him I think we're all assuming that we're going to be doing without him and I think probably that might be another reason why there ain't been so many changes because we've got to get used to this and then I think maybe yeah one player comes in one player comes out but at the moment we're really learning to play in a different way than we have been for however long he's been at the club now. I quite, I quite like your um, conspiracy. I, li- I like the fact that you think there's a kind of like this cloak and dagger plot going on around his future. Until Woods goes, I still think so much of what's going on is about Woods. That's why I think he has to go now. I, I, it's it's not, in a, not in a bad way, not in a conspiracy way, but it's a hangover, isn't it? In the same way we had a hangover from, you know, the three going last year. OK, this is different, but... Woods was everything at one point. You know, when when he wasn't in the in the team, we played dreadfully for a long time. Now we've been building out of that for a little while now. But I wonder whether the confidence, maybe even just with Smith, because he's such a Smith player, is just not quite there yet to start messing about when we're not. I don't know. Everyone's got to get used to it. A Actually, bit. Our our record without Woods is Lately. is phenomenal. No, it's phenomenal. That's what I said. That's what I said. Part of the way through the game again, the game yesterday was that 70, that first seventy minutes, if you like, was the first time this season for me that there has been a five for eight ginger shaped hole in the midfield. But I think considering if you'd have had Woods on that on that pitch, say against that team with Woods fully committed to the club and in that sort of ethos, I still think Villa would have overrun the midfield. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's too much of a hangover about Woods at the moment. But it's where, but it's where all our minds go as well. I mean, you, everyone was thinking, right, what do we do now? Well, we need Woods. You know what I mean, and that's I think where everyone's like, well, well, we would, and then actually, when something well, else, well, you're smart. No, 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 you're no, no, smarter no, than most people. That's a part. that's a good shout. I mean, I know I, I think like it has been Woods. Woods is your go-to. You know, you go you go to sort of silver bullet. I think Makocho is the answer to a lot of a lot of this now. Yeah, I mean, he looks great. He looks like commanding. He looks busy. He looks totally committed, and he produced a lot of stuff. And he pushes forwards as well sometimes in ways that, like Woodsy, will push to the side or backwards. Like Makocho drives forwards, and yeah. And if we've got like Konza and Meppen playing a little bit higher, perhaps than previous centre back pairings have, then actually, you if they're going to bring the ball out, then you want someone like Makocho, you know, McLeod sort of to like continue that forward motion. It doesn't need to be quite. As far back as Woodsy has played in the past, maybe out of necessity rather than his natural game, but and also to get in the way yeah. if needed yeah. when they're coming back the other way. Yeah. I, I think a lot, a lot has been made also of um, you know how important it is to get a year under your belt of uh, you know like being in England and, and acclimatising. You know more pay. People had you know people slagged him off quite a lot last season and and, and said and you know and said you know same as Sawyer's. Um, he, he was he wasn't fit to lace. Other players' boots, etc., etc. Um, but uh, but Makocho, I think he is another one that I think he's he's been transformed. I, I, I watch him now. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't make mistakes, but he seems to be a really complete midfielder. I, I, I honestly think that what whoever spotted him, however he was scouted, they've done a proper job getting him at Brentford. I can't think of one thing Cameron Makocho can't do on that pitch. He's quick. He's, well, he's no good as a goalie. <laughs> oh, we haven't seen him in goal yet. But you know, he can pass, he can shoot, he can tackle. He's strong, fast, reads the game well. Uh, I, I think he's a seriously underrated asset at Brentford, and I think big clubs could come sniffing for him if he continues to run in the first team. So I go back to what we talked about last week, and, and probably the week before, and probably about 18 weeks before that, is the fact that for all, all the attractive Ryan Woods he looks great on the ball. He's someone you notice. Is someone like Makocho more effective in in the middle? You know, I, I I honestly think will. Okay, let's cut to the chase here. 
we're we've got maybe we've got a week and a bit now of the loan window before we reach September. Will we miss Ryan Woods if he goes? As of the start of the season, no. We've been through this before where um, players like Hotter, like Alan Judge, who constantly get scouted um, about their, you know, constantly rumours swelling about their potential move away from the club, um, we always recover. Um, I think the initial loss of Woods as a quality player, and one of the best I've seen at Griffin Park ever, um, but at the end of the day, as harsh as it sounds, it's got to the stage now where I think we're good enough without him, and I, not 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 to say I don't really care if he stays or goes, but he's become a less integral part of the team. And we've brought another player in. Joshua Silva has arrived this week. Again, I ask you the same question, Kate. Will we miss Ryan Woods if he goes before the end of September? I think that Ryan Woods has been an absolute legend for Brentford. He's been absolutely wonderful, and it's been a pleasure to see him in the shirt and see how hard he works for us. But I think he's going to go, and I think we'll be fine. Jeff? Well, a ginger lost is a ginger missed in my book. I mean, that's just clear. (laughs) But I think there are times when if he'd gone, we would have missed him terribly. But I think now we've we've worked out how we play without him, and I think if especially if McEachran continues to improve and gets that what he's been get, what he's been lacking let's be honest I think actually him in there and Makocho in there for a bit of steel might work better for us in the end but he's a lovely player and he's been brilliant yeah I, I gotta agree we, we, we're gonna move, we're gonna move on there any second now we're gonna talk about Neil Morpay but um I, I gotta echo that really you know I actually I'll, I'll, I'll say that he should stay um, I think he's better off at Brentford, at least until January. Um, why would you want to go and play for Gary Rowett at Stoke? Um, Swansea's, Swansea's actually looking probably a better option because they're actually started the season quite well. But equally, I'm not, I'm not quite sure that that's the right environment either as your next step. I think you're a premiership player. I think you could be a premiership player with Brentford. I think you want to hang in there at least until January. Um, from a Brentford's perspective, he's, he's under contract for a significant amount of time still. Um, there's no rush for us to get rid of him. Uh, but... You know, that's the way it is. If we're going to get six and a half, seven million, then you know, he's, he's useful to our uh, to our bank balance. So, you know, I just hope hope um, he's here in January still. So, after this twang, we're going to be talking normal pay. You know, so without Billy here, it's really difficult to understand how you actually pronounce Morpé. I mean, there's, there's, there's no one that is a na- you know like a natural, fluent French speaker. So you know, so for for the moment, we'll have, we'll have to call him Morpé. You know, it might parler vous franglais, etc. So uh, Neil Morpé last night, um, he had an eventful night. Let's say that. So he had two goals and he had one stamp but no one at all can doubt his credentials five goals four assists in four games it's that's an incredible incredible ratio so we're going to miss him massively you can't you can't actually um, make any apologies for what he did uh, he did it live on TV which is remarkably stupid to do it at all is you know it was unnecessary for whatever happened in the build up to that now, no matter how, how much provocation there was you don't go stamping on your fellow professional so he's got he's got he's got bang, he's banged to rights they've admitted it so what happens now so so Brentford, I would say, a slightly light of a number nine. Uh, do we fine him? Do we make an example of him? Or do we just kind of embrace it as part of his lovely, you know, his, his kind of like um, loving, uh, edgy kind of nature? And kind of, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't have him, you can't have him pushing and or can you, Jem? You know, what do we do with him? Do we, do we, do we, do we tell him he's a naughty boy, and we, and we find him his pocket money, or, or do we, or do we just go, oh well, that's the way it is? Well, I think I think we've got to do so. I think we we've got to somehow we've got to get to the point of him, and he is very young still, and obviously he's a hothead, and I don't have any problem with him being a hothead because I think he gives a lot to his game, but he does need to get to the point where. He's maybe aggressive in how he plays, but not actually stamping on other humans. So, there's, like, there's, there's, there's pi- a balance somewhere. Pinching, but not stamping. Well, 
Well, just, I mean, a little nudge every now and then, or, or, or you know. And like but, sn- yeah. You're saying be a bit more snidey, is what you're saying? Well, if need be. I mean, so, the, are you going dark arts rather than obvious arts? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you're saying cheat. So there you go. So you, so you, so you don't actually. So you're not condoning. No, no, stampy, 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 bad. Definitely not. No outward attacking. Just you know, he's Pun- got punchy, a lot of, punchy. Well, no, just you know, nudgy, nudgy. Wink, winky, winky. <laughs> well, maybe. Say no more. Okay. <laughs> Kate. <laughs> I'm not sure how to follow that <laughs> I guess the thing that I would say is that it was great at the beginning when he was winding up Hutton and he got him that early yellow card and that's what we want him to do we, we like that about him that he, he, he upsets people and he gets reactions from people and their reactions are often the thing that get him into trouble but Stampy Stampy is bad see what yeah, she yeah, said yeah. <laughs> Stampy Stampy Robin um, yeah naughty, naughty boy Cheeky, uh, little fine would have would do nicely, I think, just to reiterate it. Okay, okay. Um, Pause you there. Ooh. How big a fine? Oh, I don't know. Um, the five. I don't know. I've, I've, I've got no, no no idea about are the fine. Are we talking? A, are we talking a Sunday league fine? Are we talking? Are we talking hundreds? Are we talking thousands? Are we talking donation to charity? Are we talking... What are we talking? I'd, I'd, I'd say a small percentage of his weekly wages and some sort of contribution to something no else. No specifics. All right, um, five grand. There you go. That's... Five thousand pounds? I don't know. I'm, I'm Fuck picking... God's sake, man. You're... Stampy, numbers stampy, out of the... stampy, no, stampy, stampy. Stampy, stampy, five thousand. Um, five grand uh, for a stamp? That's like, is it not penny black, is it? I don't know. Look, I, 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 I don't know, honestly. But what I will say is, before before we do anything else, I think it's important to acknowledge that we need players with attitude in our team. Um, it's what we have with players like like Jonathan Douglas, like Alan McCormack, players that aren't afraid to get a little bit gritty. It's what he's, he's what he is what Ed, Ed the Head would call an angry man, the angry man of the sea. You need that player who really does sort of get under the skin of the opposition, whether it's by his footballing prowess or being a little bit aggressive every now and again, or both. But there's no place for Stampy Stampy. No, stampy, stampy, no room for in Brentford, Brentford. And um, <laughs> I, I, I'd say we're talking baby language now. Um, but no, I, I, honestly, I, no, I'd probably say that, you know, yeah, of course, you don't, you don't want Brentford players to be highlighted live on Sky with slow-mo stamp vision to, uh, to kind of just to make, make, make it look even worse. And, you know, for, for the minute... He did that live on TV. He was going to get a free game ban, free game ban all day long, and you know I don't want to see more pays uh, um, aggression necessarily change. But obviously, uh, you know that's that's unacceptable. I think he, I think he must know that now. And you know, five grand does seem a little bit harsh if I'm honest with you. You put me on the spot. I don't know his wages. Um, I don't know. Maybe ban him from going to the barbers. Football's like getting their hair done. Maybe do that. No, Maybe no, something. No Nando's for a month or something. <laughs> Nando ban. That's a good one. But I think you've touched, touched on it already. I think the way in which we've handled it as a club and he's handled it as a player by accepting it, accepting the, accepting the ban. Uh, I think it's very, very good. I think, I think we've done ma- it very well. Maybe to just use really expressive Gaelic hand m- actions, really with really big French swear words, right in the face of players with hand hand, hand actions. Just before the face, to be clear. Face, fa- <laughs> yeah, before the slappy, slappy. No slappy, slappy. In the facey, facey. No. So, so where? Okay, bringing it back to non-repetitive language <laughs> where are we going to go now for Saturday's game at Blackburn we've got it's an important game where we're missing our leading goal scorer where do we look is it is, is um, Marcus Force straight in there or are we going to look for Watkins or are we going to look for Sawyers to go and play a number nine role um, I, th- I think the, uh, the answer is clear and I think it's exactly what it's going to do against Blackburn uh, Watkins down the middle Canos and Benrahma wide I think as much as I really rate Force and I think he's going to be a real pun intended Force to be reckoned with ha 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 we're in a pub we're making puns um, but I, th- I think um, yeah I think that's the obvious solution I think Watkins I prefer seeing him out wide because I think he can pick the ball up deeper and use his pace to run at defenders but when you've got the, the, the prospects of Canos Ben Rama and Watkins all on form all swapping over all interchanging from left right and centre 
going out of defence is a mouth-watering prospect to me. I think, it's, I, think, I think that's what you should do, and I think that's what you will do. I'm going to come to you, Kate, but you have to use force as a pun. You have to use force within this in some way so we can do the fake laugh again. Okay, I, I, I promise to try. Um, but I also think that the prospect of those three up front switching around like nice and fluid would be would be amazing. And in some ways, it feels like a shame to put Watkins in the middle because he's been doing really well on the wing, and it feels like disrupting that kind of flow he's got going. But needs must, right? Um, would it be like something to be reckoned with? It would almost be like a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> Yeah. Um, can I just say they're nice <laughs> sound effects um, can I just say as a caveat the other person who's been doing really excellent gestures this season is Canos who has been doing some amazingly expressive pointing Ooh. watch it watch it it's entertaining pointy pointy <laughs> Gem where do we look for our natural number nine replacement see I, I agree with these two I think what that is what he will do um, but I would like to see Force go up front instead of Malpe because I, for me we've spent this time getting getting Watkins in that position doing that lovely run and all that and you know we're missing two league games with Malpe and I just think I, not I mean I'm not saying it's stupid but I don't necessarily want to you know force the issue force um, <laughs> By uh, thank you. Uh, by, by moving him into the middle so early into this successful period, so I think, all right, let's let's you know give give the guy a chance, see what he can do. I mean, we've seen him play really really well for us up front, so yeah, why not? I feel right. And 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 if he needs to change it halfway through or whatever, then well, we've seen that he can do that now. We know that Dean Smith can make a sub. It's all go. It's all go. Um, Robin, you've got a, a very interesting suggestion, apparently. Um, I'd, I've scrapped my original idea. Um, I'd play two up front. Um, and uh, maybe it's just because I was watching Dumb and Dumber recently, but I think we should play the Force and Nicky Forster combination up front. <laughs> Brilliant. Always. Uh, oh. Puns, I've got them. So, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to, uh, to see what uh, Dean Smith does, actually, at Blackburn Rovers. Um, we, we'll talk about Blackburn Rovers, obviously, a little bit later. They're, they're, they're no mugs this season. Uh, they've, this is their first season back in the Championship um, after taking, uh, taking uh, um, the, the relegation pill. Um, they, they came straight back up, and we go to, we go to um, Ewood Park, really, not... You know, not dented in any way. I think, I think, you know, I think we go there in, in fine fettle. But uh, they're, they're another game where they're no mugs. So let's come back after this twang and talk about some other shit. We're all gonna die. Is something that you need to remember while listening to this podcast. Just you know, obviously we're we're providing you with pleasure and enjoyment, but you're going to die. So it's fortunately, fortunately, the club today have signed a new sponsorship deal, which means that you can support the club even in your death. So there's going to be a new range of. Um, Brentford-themed coffins, red and white stripes and, and all kinds, um, the, the crest of your choosing. And Romain Sawyers is the club's death ambassador, it, it, would, se- it would seem today by the uh, sponsorship announcement. He was, he, was fo- he was pictured with Mr and Mrs George Savile, who are the... Um, the the, the death ambassadors as well. The, yep. So, Jem, you know, you're, you're full of new life, but clearly, you know, you're going to... You know, obviously, there's a, there's a dark side to our existence. So, how you know, are you happy that the club has today forged this, this um, sponsorship deal? D- delighted. Um, I think it's... It's, um, it's what... Well, isn't it... Um. <laughs> are you going to, you know, so with your season ticket, are you going to now like, pay a little bit extra for a funeral care package? Well, I don't know. I want to know what they're offering. I mean, are we talking about, like, you know, distributing the ashes on the pitch? Are we talking about some sort of 
you know, burial thing under the, you know, the corner flag or what? It's we, funny. We? We're Brentford FC. We do what we want. Well, but didn't we always? Yes. Kate, are you um, thinking of death? Uh, well, I'm thinking I'm in if six first-team squad members oh. will carry my coffin. Yes. Bloody hell, now you're talking. Which six are the current, of the current lot? Well, I'm going to have to think about their relative heights yes, because you don't, want, little you don't want like Barbe at the back and Mopé at the front. <laughs> well, that'll all go a bit wrong. Um, oh, I don't know. The tall ones. I just choose the oh, tall ones. Gosh. Okay, so Dan Bentley's probably going to be in there, isn't he? Hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he's not on one of his flappy moments. Otherwise, he might drop you. Are you going to be cremated or are you going to be buried? By the way. Oh, definitely cremated, because then I can be turned into diamonds by the people I leave behind. Actually, talking of which, can you put the heater on in, again? In the um, we're in the hut. It's got a little bit cold, so Kate's now pressing the cremation button. <laughs> oh, the curtains have come down, and now Robin. Are you, are you, um, are you... Is it my turn? It's your turn. Are you, uh, talk to me about death, my friend. Um, I've actually got a slightly informed position on this, actually. Um, my, <laughs> having, having died already. Um, no, uh, my mum is actually a celebrant, so she conducts, um, celebratory, um, uh, funerals that celebrate life rather than mourn death, and she's, um, absolutely fantastic at it. Um, so... I do understand the value of funeral directors and what they provide, as well as the people that provide them. So I'm going to come at it from a slightly more, inf- not, not, not more informed perspective, but a more serious perspective. It's, 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 a, very, it's, it's a very important part of um, everyone's lives. And uh, yes, I will Death. Yeah, I will die at some point. Um, and then what I want is uh, to be placed... Uh, I'll be buried under Griffin Park's pitch, actually. Actually, no, it won't be there anymore, no, I suppose. It's not going to be there, you know. Well, you know. Yeah, I could just be... It's like, like Mussolini. No, I'll, be, I'll, just be part, I'll just be part of the, um, I'll be part of the advertising hoardings, just there, like that. Oh, that'd be good, that'd yeah. be good. Just like, to have your, you know, ju- you know like in the, um, the perimeter, yeah. the, now it's like LED, you could probably have like, your, your, like your, all your photographs of your life going around in, in a kind of like a, like a procession. You could have little pictures of you as a, as a little, little boy yeah. and then you dead. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, optimistic, positive coverage look, here. At the look, uh, not being funny. <laughs> not being funny, mate. It wasn't me that announced the funeral funeral sponsorship <laughs> deal today. We're 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 helping the club promote this. No, I think I'd I'd like I'd like to be um, I'd actually like to be a sort of just part of the advertising hoardings and the LED hoardings on the on the side of the pitch because I'd probably be a much better um, asset to the club on the pitch than Neil Shipley was. In inappropriate or appropriate sponsorships, um, is, is, is there anything else that the club haven't ticked off now on the, on the kind of sponsorship opportunities? I don't know. I, like, I think maybe now, because we've got so many different things sponsored, maybe we need to start combining There's them. loads and now, doing, isn't there? Doing partnerships. So, you know, where we had, like, the... You know, the, the restaurant sponsoring the end of the match or whatever it was, you could what now was have... One? What was that one was called? I can't even think. No, I don't. I'm really embarrassed. It was um, Fernando's. Whatever, yeah. Isle of Fernando's. Yeah. Or some other island in the Mediterranean. We haven't, we haven't got, like, a garden shed sponsor, like, an official garden shed right, site sponsor, have we? I don't know. But I like the idea, right? We can now do, like... You know, extra time is sponsored by the death of Auntie Mabel. Oh, Come yeah. to our local Italian restaurant for you know our, for the so wake. That's the fella, <laughs> and do it like that, and we can start to combine things. The, the gas used in this cremation was supplied by Energas Utilitas. Come on! <laughs> come on! This could happen. This could work. Kate, come on, cheer us up, mate. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Oh, welcome back. Um, we're going we're gonna to go into a, a semi-regular feature now called um, Games Gone. Games Gone! Where um, we talk about uh, a, a player from days gone by. Greville, over to you. Games Gone. Games Gone! Games Gone! Games Gone! The 
It's now just over six years since the death of Tom Higginson, or Higgy, as he was universally known or referred to with genuine affection. You don't find too many like Higgy anymore. He gave Brentford 11 years of committed service and is regarded as a true bees legend. Signed by manager Malcolm McDonald from Kilmarnock in 1959, Higgy forced his way into what was a settled team, firstly as an inside forward and then as a wing half. For Brentford to make any signing at that time was a rarity, as through parsimony and policy, the club relied on a constant conveyor belt of local talent from the juniors. When the supply ran dry, McDonald went back to his Scottish roots and brought in youngsters such as John Doherty, John Hales and, of course, Tom Higginson. Some sank without trace, others flourished, and Higgy kept hold of his shirt and fought off the competition from many players more technically gifted than him. Why was that? Quite simply, because he was a winner who gave everything for the cause and never knew when he was beaten. He was a true hard man, impervious to pain, who gave and took tough knocks without complaint or recrimination. The key to his game was to win the ball off an opponent and then play a simple pass to a player in a red and white shirt who was more capable of doing something positive with it than he was. No frills, nothing fancy, just pure effort and commitment and non-stop running and tackling for the entire 90 minutes. Tough but fair, apart from one day when he and Shrewsbury's hard man, Eric Brodie, went head to head and took things too far and were both dismissed. Brentford's first sending off since the war. It certainly was a different game in those days. He played his role so well that opponents actively avoided him on the pitch and he blotted out many international forwards who went missing against Brentford. I don't want to sell him short though, as a couple of times each season, Higgy would unleash a 20-yard screamer into the net or score following a lung-bursting box-to-box run. No histrionics, no over-celebrating, he would trot back to the centre circle with a shy grin on his face as if embarrassed that the spotlight had fallen on him. In all, Higgy played 433 times for Brentford and was second only to Ken Coote when he left the club and he is now fifth in line after Coote, Peter Gelson, Jamie Bates and Kevin O'Connor. Even at 33, his legs had enough left in them to inspire Hillingdon Borough, the elephant's graveyard for XBs, to reach a Wembley FA Trophy final. Higgy won a fourth division championship medal in 1963, but more than that, he won the admiration, respect and affection of every Brentford supporter. In the dark days of 1967, when the very future of the club hung on a precipice, it was Higgy, a former powder hall sprinter, who led a Brighton to London fundraising walk from start to finish, despite getting lost and losing his way and covering several extra miles. That was Higgy in a nutshell. He gave everything for the cause. After retiring from football, he became a butcher, a career choice not without its sense of irony, and he played local football well into his 50s. He died far too young after Alzheimer's took its toll. I wonder if he is another to add to that ever-growing list of former footballers who suffered the fatal consequence of repeated heading of what was more akin to a cannonball on wet days. Higgy simply represented something that has pretty much disappeared from today's world of instant fame and the self-aggrandizement of social media. In other words, values, self-effacement, a sense of duty, and putting the interest of others before your own. Tom Higginson, Higgy, will always remember you and cherish those memories. And tonight, like every night, we salute you. interesting conversation here so the the evolution of the um funeral um conversation and uh the old brentford player conversation with the game's gone 
Time's gone. Time's gone. Um, is that which Brentford player would you most like to be haunted by? Tweet along, kids. Tweet along. This is that you're not going to get this shit anywhere else. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. No one's ever going to ask you which Brentford player would you like to be haunted by on any other Brentford outlet. So we're going to go, Robin, to you. Which Brentford player would you like to be haunted by? Easy, Martin Rowland, so I could tell him to fuck off every single day of every single year, and it would be brilliant. Okay, but he's not actually dead. But there you go. So uh, I'm not going to. No, 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 I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Kate, uh, which? Oh, I'm a Brentford player. I'm a Brentford player. Which Brentford player would you like to be haunted by? I am also picking a living player, but I would like to be haunted by Sammy Saunders because I would like some sweet, sweet fashion advice on a daily basis. I've never heard it called that before. (laughs) And Jem, sweet, sweet fashion advice. (laughs) Who would you... Haunted? When I say haunted by, I didn't mean fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Who would you like to... Which Brentford player would you like to be haunted by? Your bedroom later. Look, like, I'm not going to get involved <laughs> in this. Yeah, um, come out of your closet. <laughs> I, think, I think that ship sailed. Um, I would like to be haunted by. Um, I'm going to go for Ryan Woods because then you know a visit late at night from a ginger is always a welcome visit, and why not? I got. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Billy, come back. I, 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 what have I unleashed here? It's your suggestion. Well, well I'm, I might actually go for a dead player. I might take this really seriously. I'm, I'm going to go for Di Hopkins, who's, who's probably, probably the best player we've ever had, and I would quite like him back in our first team. Thank you very much. I'm 25. I was brought up on Warren Astor. Yeah, but out loud. it doesn't mean you don't know your history. I do know my history. Jim Towers, there you go. Be haunted by him. He's a dead player. Jim Towers, he's a dead player. Well, if you're not going to take your history seriously, you can get out, you, you, you can get out, you can get out, this, get out of this beach hut, young man. You're going to have to in 10 minutes anyway. Yeah, well, we've been, we've been told. So there you go. No one's ever going to ask you which Brentford player <laughs> would you ever be haunted by. So after this, we're going to we're going to listen to um, Five from the Hive, as Billy calls it, and we're going to be talking to Mickey Delap, who is a Blackburn Rovers fan. He's prolific on Twitter. He's very respected. He's, he knows all there is to know about Blackburn Rovers, and he is going to do Five from the Year Old Hive. <laughs> Blackburn Rovers. Hi, my name's Mike Delap, and uh, thank you to Billy Grant for inviting me on to the show this evening. I'm afraid I don't currently offer you any blog that uh, you can read that's written on my behalf, uh, but if you do fancy catching me on Twitter, I'm on at Mikey Delap, and uh, I'm usually rambling about most things, but in particular Blackburn Rovers, if you wish to keep up with the goings-on at Ewood Park. We tried our hardest to keep you up two seasons ago and relegate Birmingham City, allowing you to win the last game of the season. You didn't want to stay up, did you? Now, thanks for the little favour ahead of our relegation uh, a few years ago. You did try your best to keep us up on the final day of the 16-17 season. Unfortunately, it wasn't quite enough. Uh, Of course, as any club's fan would ever tell you being relegated was a very difficult and and trying time Uh, very upsetting as well of course uh, all down to the manner that it that it took place in Uh, the experience a very difficult season under Owen Coyle and uh, Tony Mowbray did come in around February time and tried his very best to keep us up and and it was a testament to how well he did that uh, he was almost successful because it looked a very, very much a lost cause for long periods of that season. Uh, but thankfully, if anything, the a relegation, although it didn't seem like it at the time, was a chance to start afresh with a clean slate, if you will. We um, went down, we lost a lot of players. I, I estimate possibly 14, 15 players all in all left the club due to being 
out of contract, or in Conor Mahoney's case, fancied a, a crack at the Bournemouth under-23s, which was a very strange decision. Um, but yes, I mean, uh, it was a very brief stay in League One, which was unexpected in many ways, but also, of course, very welcome. Uh, I was mockingly told to enjoy League One and its many delights, and uh, I, I'm pleased to say it was absolutely a very memorable season. Uh, we bounced back at the first attempts. Uh, we got a, a smashing little side together, uh, kept Mowbray on for the period of the season, uh, for another season, and of course into this one. And it's to this date reaping some dividends. Uh, promotion was fantastic and a wonderful moment for fans of Blackburn, who of course have experienced some very difficult times and some very tough times in, in recent years. So we, we feel as a club it was a, a very rewarding moment at Doncaster away, the third to last game of last season. And uh, yes, of course, delighted to be back in the championship. It's proving and, and should prove to be a, a very exciting season with many good teams in the division. Do you feel you needed to go down in order to come back stronger? It sounds a bit backwards thinking, that type of question, with the greatest of respect, of course, to the person who's asking it. Uh, but in many ways, yes, we did. Uh, for a while now, we've needed a a wake-up call and a restructure and for everybody who makes the decisions at the club to have a look at themselves and see what could we could do better, which in, in many cases was absolutely everything. Uh, we did need to go down. A lot of teams have gone down recently to League One and come back stronger. I'm thinking along the lines of Leicester City, Norwich City, Southampton. If you want to go even further back, Manchester City springs to mind and a lot slower process, Leeds United as well. There's a lot of teams you could name who've gone down to League One, had a bit of a sort of their own house out and then come back stronger. I do hope that applies to us. I, there are no guarantees, of course, but absolutely, it's, it's in the long term been very beneficial to be in that division and to go through the process that we've gone through. This season, you started well. Do you think you could surprise a few people? I believe, based on our start of the season, I don't honestly see us going uh, you know, too far up the division in the sense I honestly can't see us ending up in a position where we might get a chance to go up to the Premier League. I think that's probably going to be a little bit beyond us this season. Uh, but we do have the makings of a very good side. It's a very compact side. They're quite a unified team currently, by all accounts. Uh, Certainly in the evidence there, we've come back stronger in the championship than the, in a stronger condition, I should say, than the condition we left it in. Um, and the players that we've assembled to go with that side all seem very together. They, they all seem united in, you know, in their goals and in a common purpose. And we've made a decent start. You know, we've had so far, we've won one and drawn three. We, we haven't lost the game, but we've played some good stuff and we've, we're perhaps a, a few, I'd say a good two or three very good signings away from having a, a good strong bench that you could rely on if, if, the, if our better players get injured. Uh, but there's enough about us that we won't go down. I know that's a dangerous thing to come out with uh, four games into any season. But I truly believe we've got enough about us to be in that middle of the pack. We might even catch a few better sides out who perhaps underestimate us. Uh, and if that happens, I'd be delighted. I think a good, strong season is, you know, to re-establish ourselves is absolutely what we should be aiming for here. Who is making waves for Blackburn this season? If you're looking at the Blackburn Rovers squad and wondering who's been making some waves for us this time out, the obvious answer is uh, Sir Bradley of Dak, which, of course, is a long way of saying Bradley Dak. Uh, he's an absolutely fine footballer by any yardstick. He's, uh, he's, got, he's not the fastest of lads, but he's certainly got very quick feet. He's very creative. He brings everybody into play. And, and, and for someone of that ability to be in our side is very exciting because we haven't had a footballer like him for a number of years, I would say. You're going back eight or nine years to find someone as talented in our side. Um, he's the one really that stands out. He's the footballer who can potentially go on and play in the Premier League. Perhaps not based on his current ability, but certainly from what he can develop into. 
Um, really looking forward to seeing how we get on this season because he's never played in the championship before, but the early signs is that he's going to take to it like a duck to water. Uh, if you look a little bit further beyond Dak, who of course is the standout player in the Blackburn sides, uh, you're looking at two or three, really. The loan signing, Casey Palmer, who's joined us from Chelsea, is a very experienced and seasoned championship operator. He's got the makings of a very good signing. And also have a look at the back for Dara Lenahan, who is a graduate of the Blackburn Youth Academy. He's been down to League One with us. He's come back up with us. But he's a very, very old school defender who really enjoys defending. He slots in right at the back alongside the more sort of heralded Charlie Mulgrew. But he's, he's made a strong start again to life in the championship. And uh, there are, again, many a scout or even our own manager, Tony Mowbray, is claimed that he'll play in the Premier League in the not-too-distant future, and I'd be very inclined to agree. Saturday, it's looking tight. How do you think the game will pan out? With regards to Saturday and facing Brentford, I'd like to go on record as saying I really like Brentford as a team. I, I always want them to do well, not at Rovers' expense, of course. That would, of course, be very silly. Uh, but I think it should be a close game that we're looking forward to on Saturday. I, I think Brentford have made a very good start. I think, again, they've got some very good, young, hungry players, which seems to be a very running theme with Brentford in, in recent years. Um, I think there'll be goals. I, I think, I, I believe Dak and, and, and Palmer, who both missed uh, Wednesday's draw with Reading through injury, and potentially Armstrong, Adam Armstrong, could... Uh, be back in contention to play. So I'm expecting a good game and I'm expecting both sides to score. I'm leaning towards a draw here. Give us a score prediction. Um, I possibly think we drew two all on Wednesday and I would not be shocked if that was the score again on Saturday. So that's what I'm going to go with. And uh, yeah, I expect a, a good open game and a good contest. And I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very, very much for having me on the, uh, on, on the podcast this evening. And uh, yeah, I hope you all find it a good listen. See you all very soon. Thank you. So, Brentford head north once more to Ewood Park, Blackburn. But, before the game, Blackburn offers the traveller, the, the weary London traveller, so many things... Two things probably. We, we've we've looked we've looked at Blackburn, and we've we've not drawn a blank, but we've come up with only two things to do before the game. Bean cheese and bean pie is always a good thing to have. There's a there's a pie shop opposite Ewood Park. I wouldn't go to the Hungry Horse. It's a it's a, it's a dog dog rule dog rule pub. Um, there's there's the the navigation arms I think it's called. There's a, there's a couple of places to go in and around Blackburn, but you got to do your research. However, before the game, I know that Robin, you have got the most amazing alternative to the McDonald's. Right, it's some it's something that I think is absolutely extraordinary. Basically, there is a B centre. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and Aww. yeah, and uh, I've I've done my extensive research on this, and there is genuinely a. Bee. This is actually true. This is actually this is one hundred percent true, um, and it is in um, a small little suburb outside of Blackburn, um, and basically this is a bee centre. Now the owner of this bee centre, um, the guy is amazing. He actually owns um, another bee centre in Denmark. Um, but when he was growing up, he was growing up around this bee centre, and he really loved it. At one point, so he made a lot of money and he bought it. Um, <laughs> Uh, this B centre is quite small, uh, but it does well with a considerably small budget compared to the other B, B centres around it. Um, it likes to, um, but the thing is, it's an amazing B centre because it likes to bring in young bees, and when they are sold to rival beekeepers and rival B centres uh, that have um, a bigger honey pot and offer more honey than we than the B centre can, um, they buy even better young bees. It's absolutely fantastic. Young young bees. Bees. Yeah, young bees. Young um, bees. Um, this does have a set. They do have a habit of letting their queen bee leave every year, which is a real shame. Um, so this year they've decided to scrap that, to scrap that problem, and have no queen bee. It just changes every week depending on which uh, what the bees decide. Um, and, and they also happen to be moving to a new beehive soon as well. So that should be an interesting development. Um, so they've got a couple of um, really sort of prime exquisite bees that you can go and have a look at. Um, there's Beale Malpay. 
um, who's a fantastic. Have you um, have you got this by now, people? Do you, oh, yeah. do you understand what's going on? Yeah. Um, and as the uh, as the Bizotted podcast listeners realised what we were talking about, um, they realised that there's also a bee called Beta Gillum. There's Olby oh, um, yeah. Watkins, um, Esby Concer. Uh, there's Beko Henry. There's plenty Ooh. of bees to go and see there. Um, but but and, and I tell you what, it's twenty five quid, so it's a bit pricey. Twenty twenty five pounds. Games gone. Games gone. Games gone. Games gone. But it is a it's a, but it is fantastic. Um, the, the, but just to, just to give you a bit of perspective, the rival bee um, the rival bee centre is unable to bring in any new bees at the moment. Um, but they and recently they lost seven bees and could only bring one in. Um, and as the Twitter pod, as the podcast listeners realised where that joke was, so that was, that, was that Q bizarre? Um, Q bizarre. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. So there you go. If you've got twenty-five pounds to waste, there you go. You go to the B Centre in Blackburn. Um, Kate, you've done some research. Where would you go before the game on Saturday? So I will not be offering such a, a complex allegorical tale, but I am going to suggest that we all go to Salmsbury Hall. Yeah, it's a stately home, always lovely. Salubrious. Yeah, absolutely. National Trust property, nice afternoon tea. Built in the 14th century. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So nice. proper old, proper old, proper, proper yeah, old. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the reason that I know this exists is because of Most Haunted. Ooh, Fantastic yeah. television. It's one, the, it's one of the best programs that's been on, apart from um, Danger UFO. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I would, I would concur. I would concur, mm. Dave. Um, but there's an excellent episode. On, on Salmsbury Hall, in which Yvette Fielding completely freaks Yvette out Fielding. because the Not ghost. An old no, <laughs> no, that's a very different episode. <laughs> she freaks out because the ghost of a priest. Ah, freak out! <laughs> blows in her ear. So. Sam Saunders. Or Ryan Woods. A ginger priest. I saw a YouTube video once about someone blowing in someone's ear. Sorry. No, sorry. Um, so, carry on. No, I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's, there's two things that you might want to do before you go to Blackburn, or not to go at all. And then go to Ewood Park to see Brentford beat Blackburn Rovers. Because I, I honestly think, you know, I think we were talking on the um, besotted Pride of West London radio show on Love Sport that... The haul from the, the two away games that we had coming up, which was Aston Villa and Blackburn Rovers, was four points. We were looking for a draw in one of them and a win in one of them. So to, to, to get that back on track, I'd, I'd say we'd probably need to win at Ewood Park. And it's not being greedy. I actually think that you know we are the real deal, or, or we're becoming the real deal this season. And you know Blackburn, they've had a few, they've had a win and a few draws. But we, we've got enough quality about us. We've got strength and depth. So, what is your score prediction, Mr Robin Hood, for Saturday's trip to Lancashire? I'm predicting a 2-0 win to Brentford. Uh, I think that uh, the Aston Villa game was a real test for us. I think it was a good test at a good time as well. It helped sort of sl- put a slight reality check on our season. Um, but I think... We've, we'll learn from that. We'll learn from that away atmosphere, and we'll learn from that away experience. Um, I think Neil Mope, Neil, sorry, Neil Mope, being out of um, being out of action for three games uh, might hurt us in the attack. But we've got enough goals coming from other areas. Um, I think we'll win two 0 and I think it'll be a very good victory. The amazing gem. What is your prediction for this Saturday? As ever, three nil, no danger. Three nil to who? Do you have to ask that question, I say? Yeah, I, I do, yeah. 3-0 to the mighty Brentford FC. Okay. How dare you? <laughs> how, how, how very dare you? How very dare you? Okay, easy, Tiger. <laughs> Kate, t- talk to me. I'm going to go 3-1, mm. but I w- the thing I want to see is changes to start with. I mean, apart from, obviously, the enforced 
Mopé change. Um, but I think we need to stick Mococcio in there from the beginning and be, be braver with that lineup, not be just brave. repeat what's working. Be yeah. brave. Be brave. Um, I'm with you all the way there. I think, um, I think Dino needs to kind of like preempt where, where, where players are kind of like dipping a little bit. Uh, I think that's the way forward. We're all evolving, we're all learning, we're all getting better, we're all getting better together. I'm going to say, I want to hear some banging on the table. I want to hear you say, come on, Ubies. Come on, Ubies. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.